Today's segment is Stonk Tonk, where two imbeciles with no formal training in anything remotely related to finance wax poetic about how to the moon stocks will go, such as GameStop, AMC, and any others that show up on Wall Street bets. We used to be long-term investors and then we got caught up in the hype, lost several thousand dollars in the process, and now consider ourselves, well, morons. But excited morons. Follow our advice at your own peril. I was I was trying to consolidate all of my accounts because I have like an old account from NASA and I remembered I sold a bunch of my action figures in 2012 and opened a Scott Trade account. So I was trying to combine all my accounts so that I could fully fill out the uh, spreadsheet that you gave us. And, and I, had, I hadn't been following Apple very close, like, since I bought it. I thought it split into seven. So I was like, sweet, $700. <laughs> I was like, I doubled my investment. <laughs> and then I, I open up Scott Trade slash TD Ameritrade. And it's like, your value is now $3,700. And I was like, that can't be right. And my one share that I bought for three hundred seventy-seven dollars in two thousand twelve is now worth is now twenty-eight shares. It's worth thirty-seven hundred dollars plus two hundred fifty dollars in. Talk, <laughs> talk about a ten bagger. <laughs> Jesus, who could have given you advice like that? <laughs> so, is Mike going to join us or no? I don't know. Did he kind of want to confirm? Oh yeah, he did. I thought he did, but I kind of want to turn turn to him for that stupid fucking video he sent us. Which which one? Uh, I I sent you guys uh, that link to that podcast I was listening to that I thought was interesting. So he sent me uh, just a YouTube video on this guy on how to how to invest, and as a terrible, awful strategy. Why well, was wrong with it? <laughs> I mean, the, the idea of it is, is good, but if the, his entire video is like, hey, here's the last 14 years of the S&P 500. If you perform this actual feat, you could have traded 36 times and made 1.7% uh, as much of, over your money. <laughs> like, who, who is this? That was who the is? video you sent in the chat, Weird, the group chat. Weirdless weirdo over here. Who the fuck? Who is this? Yeah. He's getting out of control. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Did you actually uh, watch that video you sent? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. That was, was a terrible with, advice. What was wrong it, with it? It, it? That particular example he gave took 14 years. He did 36 trades over 14 years. And his average uh, actual rate of, of return was 1.7%. Chris, yeah. on the other hand, bought one share of Apple nine years ago, and it went up a thousand percent. Yeah, but the idea is like you never, you never lose. I mean, if you're looking for an, an always win strategy, that's you want to know what the always win strategy is: buy into the S and P 500, and then sit on it for 30 years. That is the no lose fucking strategy right there. Emphasis but, on sit on it. But what he's doing is buying in. He's basically doing momentum investing on the S&P 500. As a day trader, 
and getting a 1.7% returns. He doesn't actually use that strategy. Like it, he just sells it to get his book. <laughs> no, it, I think he just sells like different strategies for um, different stuff that he does. I don't think he like yeah. really cares about that, but I think his strategy is um, he does a lot of day trading. His whole thing is like using technical analysis to find out when the best time to buy is and get in and out. But I mean, uh, my, my whole thing is just, I don't want to do that much effort for that little return. <laughs> Um, as far as like day trading is concerned yeah. or, or that specific strategy? Well, I mean, that's strategy in general, but it just seems to me that day trading in general is just way too much effort for minimal returns. I think it just depends on how you do it really. I, I mean, like a lot of the stuff I do, um, like someone else will, you know, typically someone else will say something and then uh, I'll like investigate you know, you might hear something on the news and I might think, all right, here's a good strategy. Here's a good trade for like shorting or like, you know, or, or just riding uh, some momentum like for a day or a week. We, we should invent a new uh, type of trade called sharding. It's where you, you both short and like short ladder attack something. <laughs> a shard. Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah, I just wanted to open DX. because I thought that, that video was awful. <laughs> um, it, it's He just goes over different strategies. I, I just thought you'd be interested in, you know, just an interesting way of looking at it. And, and the whole point of it is, the whole point of it is just using different technical specs to figure out when to put money into something. And then he's basically saying every time you wait for this sort of thing to happen, like, you'll make money on it. Or it's, it's yeah. something like that not even two percent returns <laughs> i i didn't get i didn't see that it was only two percent return but i, I don't yeah, know. He, he kind of brushed over that pretty quickly <laughs> uh, well i don't know i i didn't i was listening to it in the car and i was just like all right well mm -hmm. i'll yeah, i'll watch no. the whole thing in, in person like a lot of this stuff you have to like watch at your computer otherwise you'll miss it yeah yeah um, but maybe. how do we want to start this off do you want to look at our sweet stonk well, let's uh, let's hear about JP's uh, new new uh, new home. J JP, uh, you you sold your house and you bought a new one. Yeah, the uh, it was kind of crazy because uh, Cece's really good at this stuff, but you know I'm not that comfortable when she's doing both things at the same time. She synchronized perfect, and everything went off like magic. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, we bid, um, uh, we, we put this house up for sale. Elter said, why don't you try 559? Uh, because the market value of your house is a little bit higher and that's gonna start a bidding war. So we said, well, that, that sounds reasonable. And then we found out that the house, uh, you know, 10 houses away in the neighborhood went for 585 recently so we thought well okay we'll up it to 579 so we put it at 579 and we have really good realtors and they put it everywhere and we got 2000 zillow hits we got uh 35 people that came look at the house over three days on the last friday there was an appointment every 30 minutes we got 10 offers at 600,000 wow. and three 
all cash offers. <laughs> so we ended up at 617 all cash from a California family that has three small boys. Wow. Yeah. So it was that or the all cash offer from the uh, New Yorkers who had elderly relatives they were moving in here. And I thought, no, this is a kid neighborhood now full of little tiny mm -hmm. five, eight, ten year olds. <clears throat> but he has. So that's it. And um, they're going to close. Well, they, we're not letting them close uh, for six weeks because we need time to move into the new house. Mm. So they don't take possession. Wow. Fifth. So, but we signed the new house um, the same day on Friday afternoon, Friday morning. So do you think that your investment on your home was more profitable or less profitable than buying GameStop? Mm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. We paid, uh, we bought this house in foreclosure for 169 and we sold it for 600. But during the holding period, we paid eight to $10,000 a year for 30 years in real estate taxes and insurance. So what's 8,000 times 30? It's uh, like $250,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get it sold, we had to spend $30,000, 20 grand for the roof and 10,000 to fix the pool. And we just spent $10,000 on a new air conditioning system. And we just spent $3,000 on a new flat roof. So just, just let me ask this. Did you actually yeah. replace the thermostat that's been there since 1968? Yeah, we did. Wow. <laughs> What'd you do with it? Yeah. Is so mercury in it? It's we, still working. we put the analog thermostat on eBay and somebody gave us five grand for it. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> No, um, even though we bought this house at a bargain price, the average appreciation on real estate that is not waterfront or special is the same rate as inflation. So it averages out about 3%. Now, Florida is having an unusual appreciation because of all of the COVID evacuees from New York and Michigan and all these places that are sick of the cold weather and sick of the confinement and sick of the extra COVID. So there's over 300,000 people moving to Florida every year. And the corporations came in here three years ago and they set up REITs, our real estate investment trust, and they brought in billions of dollars and they bought up all of the starter homes in the Tampa Bay area. So there's no homes for first time buyers and what's left is all the houses that all the you know runaways from the north are, are stealing. So there's no inventory. Not so for anyone who makes like one house for sale uh, above three thousand square feet, um, and it was this house. There were fourteen houses for sale in our in our zip code. That's all. So there's no inventory. And when that happens, you get a bidding war. So I, I felt bad about it. I didn't really think someone should pay that much for our house. But then I looked 
at what is available to buy in Landsbrook. Well, there's two empty lots that are going to have new houses on them. Yeah, and there's the main a road on being built tennis courts on YMCA, and the house is 10% bigger than this house. Guess what it's priced at? A million thousand dollars. $985,000 before landscaping and shit. Jeebus. Or window coverings. So it's basically, let's get a million dollars. So <clears throat> that's you know, ridiculous. Yeah. The ass, the ass has to drop out of the real estate market at some point here. Not, it, it, it's not going to happen for a couple of years if the uh, Biden infrastructure bill goes through. Why do you think? Well, that's going to flood a variety of parts of the economy with money, money, money. And all that money is going to translate into more purchases of real estate and more purchase of common stock. And interest rates will, will likely creep up slowly, but the stock market will, will go up even if interest rates are rising until they hit a critical mass. So stocks will, what's called, climb the wall of worry. So there will be a lot of news that says, oh, interest rates are, are, are projected to go up. And everybody goes, oh, my God, let's get out of the stock market. But what will happen, it'll take a year or more for the stock market to turn negative on rising rates. It'll, the market will just keep going up, even though interest rates are going up. Stocks will follow interest rates higher on average for one to two years. So the prediction from the guys at Raymond James is real estate is gonna to continue to go up and so is the stock market. So if you have money to put in, the best way to put it in is the way John put it, which is put a little bit in every week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dollar cost you, averaging. Dollar cost averaging. And then if the market takes a five or 10% pullback, then put in two or three months of money in. And then go back to your um, weekly. So, so if you had just a pile of cash, you know, you had like five or ten grand, you would yes. only put like you put a hand in. You only put a grand in a month. Yes, yeah. but you put fifty in every week. Well, what what about compounding interest? Doesn't nothing, nothing you... stocks for? Because basically what you're doing is you're averaging out what your cost basis is. So instead of like fucking up and hitting it at the highest possible point, you're hitting it at the highest point, at the medium highest point, at the medium point, low point, lowest point. And so you're going to average it out to be a better average than you could try and time the market. Yeah, if you try and time it, your your instincts usually will steer you the opposite direction. Well, right. uh, you guys are talking to a guy that invested in Apple in 2012, so I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> how, did, how exactly did that happen? Did someone tell you to buy that stock? JP, you know, you tell me something enough for my whole life. I feel like when I was like seven or eight and I was like collecting all these action figures and I was like, these are going to be worth millions someday. And JP's just like, you fucking idiot. Just put like 
put one tenth of that money into the market and you'll actually be a millionaire by the time you're 30. That's, what, that's the problem with the stock market is it turns you into an asshole. You're like, instead of buying that ice cream, we could put that money into the market. Oh yeah. 5,000 years. <laughs> yeah. But like he, he was so right. Like if there was some sort of toy company or comic book company that like, hey, we're going to give you some stock for every comic book or toy that you buy, I'd be a millionaire right now. <laughs> You know how many different spawns you had with thumb going like this and then also like this? <laughs> yeah. But it's also slightly colored differently. Yes. That, the, the one with the other thumb is the collector's edition. Yeah, you, you got the wrong one. <laughs> and you get the two left hands. Two left hands. They're more valuable. Hey, John Paul, um, cryptocurrency, is it, is it a bad buy? Crypto. I have no idea. Um, I know so for a while, last summer, an ETF came out that was about cryptocurrencies. And I thought, what the hell? I'll just throw a little bit of money in it. And like three weeks later, it lost 40% of its value. <laughs> so mm. I said, <laughs> well, way to sell at a loss. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think when they, they come out with some sort of ETF mm. that has Sort of a blend of some of the crypto in it because some of them can blow up yeah uh, there are flaws in the system it's it's supposed to operate on the idea of flawless intervention and no way to you know infiltrate it or, or yeah, jam the, it the blockchain it, is is infallible it has happened uh so i don't know but if there was a way to buy a package that had 10 of 12 of them that were. Well, I just think that. Um, I don't think the I, blockchain has messed up as far as I know. No, never. Not once. Has it? No. Well, I know commercial banks are starting to use the blockchain as a format for data <laughs> safety and data transmission and such. Um, well, if you own Tesla, you own some crypto. Yeah, now that he has all that crypto. Yes. What did Tesla do? Oh, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It it did it. Bitcoin. Did a technical no no, which is it, when the stock market had a really big day, it went up like two percent. Everything went up, but Tesla went down. That's a technical no no. However, it may not apply because Tesla it, it trades kind of like. Uh, game stock right seems to be on its own trajectory and run by a different um, set of Newtonian physics. Yeah. Well, so I have no idea what to do with Tesla, but I think that Tesla is going to face some headwinds from companies that are bringing out their electric cars that have real service departments and have real warranties. So and insurance. If something happens to it, it becomes sort of quasi odd how you have to go to fix it. I mean, for yeah, the last, how, many, how many of those other companies have like cult followings? No, they don't. It's like Apple. Like when Apple came out, people were like, you can't use this with Microsoft DOS. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, but. <laughs> 
it's it's new and it's this cool. isn't compatible with WordPerfect. <laughs> I mean, well, the whole thing, yeah, yeah, it may be new and cool, but the hard thing is to a value it and b the market's going to catch up to them eventually. And are they going to have enough of a headway a headway to actually make it worth it? Yeah, That's I mean, the I thing. Think, I think it's a good point. I, I do think that the Microsoft Zune caught up to the iPod <laughs> very quickly. That's why I'm wearing this Zune watch. It's, uh, it's called a snatch. <laughs> I, I just think that like they're the first one in the market. They're obviously the market leader when it comes to electric vehicles. Um, Morgan Stanley came out early on this week and said, we can't advise clients to not own this stock. We like this stock. We like, this stock. like Tesla's. Not as much as Kathy Wood. <laughs> I mean... I like it. it, it I, I think it's. I like it better at six hundred than at nine hundred. Um, but I, I have no idea how much to own, so I buy it through Kathy Wood. So I think that's fair. I put. A, I don't know. I, I put. I bought all of most of her funds, and I just put ten grand in each one. Did you? The price to earnings ratio for the last 12 months is 1,062. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not possible. Wasn't Amazon was like that for like three, three or four years Amazon ago. That was a, a pretty reasonable level. You know, uh, if you look at the, the, uh, you know, the Google, Amazon, Facebook, uh, that whole, uh, Netflix, um, they ha they've leveled off. You know, they they had a run up and they've been level for, you know, months. They haven't really made a lot of value except maybe Google. Um, Google so selling it. Been buying the weak ones. Like the end of last year, Facebook was looking uh, like a laggard. It was the slowest, so I, I put a little bit of money in Facebook. And I haven't added to Amazon because it's just been leading the pack. Jesus. Amazon is... So it, it, they've all gone up a little bit, but if you look over the last six months, I think the S&P 500 has been beating those, uh, those that group. Huh. You know... Hey, Dad, oh. I, I got a question for you. Um, so <clears throat> I want to spend as little time as possible and invest like 500 bucks a month into my Roth IRA. Where yes. should I put that 500 bucks per month? And should I do it each, well, month, or each month? Yeah, your uh, so 500 bucks, let's do five things. Okay, and I'll give you the list. But, but it, it's going to be um, OEF which is the S&P 100, mm -hmm. O-E-F. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, V-Y-M, which is uh, Vanguard's high dividend that pays 3 to 4% interest. Mm -hmm. Deb, what do you think of that compared to SCHD uh, Schwab's? Oh, I, I love that portfolio. Yeah. Schwab's fucking rocking good. I love SCHD. That I, that's my yeah. freaking bread and butter right now. Yeah, you could do that one. Um, there's one called uh, uh, D Grow, 
No, but John's right. Uh, that's called the Schwab uh, dividend portfolio. What is it? SCHD? It's their dividend growth ETF. And I mean, it's been doing really well the last, last few years. Another one to get is a mid cap portfolio. Now you can use MDY, but if you look it up at um, ETF.com or ETF uh, Finder or any of the websites that analyze, it doesn't, I don't think it's the best mid cap fund, but it's the one I bought in 1990. <laughs> it was forever. And if you look at the chart on it, it's an impressive chart. But um, so to have 20% uh, of your money in a mid cap is good. I never buy small caps. And then if you want something radical in there, I would buy QQQJ. Top 100 NASDAQ. No, the 100, the QQQJ is the next generation of technology, right. QQQJ. QQQJ. So, so if you only had one thing to buy, I would buy OEF, the S&P 100. That's the most certain investment mm -hmm. that exists. It's better than the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. It's got the 100 biggest, baddest, meanest corporations on planet Earth. Biggest monopolies. The biggest monopolies. They are the cockroaches that survive a nuclear blast. Mm. They're the and if they uh, don't, then they get swapped out pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, they do. Okay, so if I'm putting, uh, should I do 125 a week or just a lump 500 per month? You think? Well, do it per week. I would just do. Well, yeah, I would do 500 a month. It's just too hard. It just takes too much time. And put in five. Get the QQQJ, the OEF, PYA. the MDI, mm -hmm. uh, the Schwab dividend, and a VYM is your safety one with the high dividend. Mm -hmm. John Paul, before you invest, like even if you were going to put your money in one of these things like OEF, <laughs> For example, are you going to um, look at the chart and kind of estimate? Okay, well, it looks like you know there was a dip, there was you know some retracement. Like you know, is yes. maybe I can wait and buy in at a better level? Yeah, I do. What do you look at? Um, well, my trigger point is a five percent sell-off. Okay, so you wait for you wait for a dip, and and I, I just look at the S and P five hundred. If the S and P five hundred pulls back five percent from its high over the last twelve months, ish, say if it pulls it has a five percent pullback, then I put some money in some with the hope that it goes lower. If it goes down 10%, then I put a lot in. Yeah. But it's hard because that's when all the news comes out and said, oh, it's going to hell. It's going to go down 40, 50%. You're going to lose all your money. Well, then you keep putting it in. Yeah, that's what everybody says. So you're going against the psychology of the, of the crowd. 
So it, it's hard to do because everyone will say, you're crazy to buy now. Didn't you just hear what happened? Mm -hmm. Well, that's when everyone got in investing when the market took a hit. That's, when COVID that's how you make out. money is when everyone else is afraid, you're systematically in 5% down or lower. So, uh, John Paul, one of the things I was going to mention about crypto was this theory that if, um, like, the top uh, 500 companies put 1% of their cash into crypto in order to do what Elon did, that crypto, uh, that basically Bitcoin, which um, is hovering around $60,000 right now, would hit $100,000. God. What, how much did it, what did Elon, uh, what was it at when he bought it? You know? Uh, I, I think it was under 50. Yeah, it was under 50. Um, it was $50? No, it was no, no, under 50,000. 50, it was like under 40 before he Was it? No, it wasn't that low. No, I, it might have been 30 when he invested. I mean, you can look it up on Google Finance, so. And what's it at now? Like 59.8. So it's gone up from a 10%, 20%. No, it went up like 25, 30%. Oh, I okay. waited. After he bought it, it hit, it about oh, hit like 60. Yeah. And it went up to 61, like after he bought, and then it dipped down to well, like. He bought end of February, which what was like 56. He bought yeah. on the 21st, I thought. And so it was 57,500. And so it's kind of evened out. Okay, so he hasn't really made a fortune on it yet. Not yet. Um, I mean, the, but the, the play is, as I understand it, is that if you lose on it, then the company writes it off. And if you gain on it, you gain money and you avoid inflation. Well, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah, if he has a separate division for trading and he can just, you know, take a trading loss against trading profits, you know, short term. Short -term. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if you were like a day trader, couldn't you open up like an LLC and then write off more losses than your $3,000 a year? I don't know. I probably corporations can, you know, independent contractors, businessmen can write off unlimited against unlimited. Well, right. well, one thing to kind of bring up against that is, uh, so JP brought up the point that it's against your total income. And so if your losses outweigh what you have sold, like if you actually made profit on, on some stocks, then you can be like, oh, I made 6,000 bucks here, but I lost 7,000 here. Well, that's a wash. You just you're at negative one thousand, which is still into the three thousand of what you can actually uh, claim on your total income. Yeah, well, that's individuals, right? But in the in the context of a business, well, I was just trying to clarify for individuals. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Yo, Bitcoin was at uh, thirty forty six thousand. It was at uh, thirty thousand in early february he bought on february 8th yeah he bought and it doubled in price no forty-six thousand on february 8th and it went up to sixty thousand almost okay so that's a 46 to 60 that's a 25 percent gain mm -hmm. it's pretty good so that's yeah. pretty 
That's what that's what we said. For a billion dollars. No, John, he bought February eighth. This was twenty twenty one. Yeah. Like yeah, which, February. Yeah, which is forty six thousand three hundred and seventy five ninety mm -hmm. cents. Well, I see it as thirty eight grand. Uh thirty nine. Yeah, John, I don't I don't think you're so February seventh closed at thirty eight thousand. And then February eighth closed close at forty six thousand. So so yeah, that's somewhere, when he somewhere bought between. It. <laughs> yeah. You fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, hey John, he basically doubled the, Bitcoin. What is the symbol? Uh, you know, you just have to type in Bitcoin. Uh, it depends on what brokerage you're using. Yeah. Because it's considered a, uh, a currency. So you can't just type in the sticker. Well, sticker. At uh, Bitcoin USD, which is btc.cm. Coindesk.com slash price. I just use Google Finance. Oh, okay. Google Finance. Okay. Google oh, yeah. Fiance. That's 59,000. <laughs> okay, so it looks like if you look like uh, well, look at the five-year chart. It's pretty much right at the highest it's ever been. Oh, yeah, by like a magnitude of like five. 21, gone from 25,000 to 60,000 in this calendar year so far. But it looks like it's consolidating here around like 60. It's been a month. <laughs> so, yeah, that I, doesn't really say much. Like, that's a, a good buy to me at this point. I mean, if there was some, some news, what, what you have is something quite volatile. And so I oh, would yeah. stay, unless it took a real dump and it went back to 25,000. And then but, put some in. But here's, here's the thing is I had this conversation with someone, um, let's see, approximately three years ago when Bitcoin hit like, I don't know, 10 grand. Right, and right. I said, and I said, <laughs> that, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This thing is going to back down. Just, just wait. And it did. And it, and it went down. And I said, haha, like whoever bought it for 10 now has half of what they paid for, like, you know, two months later. Yeah. But maybe, maybe, maybe if they held on to it, they would be a very happy camper. Um, yeah. I know a guy who'd put 10,000, I'm sorry, uh, $100,000 into Bitcoin, like when it was near the top, around like eight, nine grand. I don't know if he sold it. I don't know what he did with it, but like apparently he was not in a good state of affairs when it hit four grand like a month later. But after that, I mean, I don't, if he held it, then he's going to be very happy camper to yank that stuff out right now or if, if he wants to. But my whole point is that. With Bitcoin, again, it's, this is like the Tesla and the, um, you know, the Xerox dilemma, right? You're like the company, you are the coin, you, you know, you're the, the, the crypto currency, right? You're the Google of this exactly. cryptocurrency. You're the you're, Facebook. Exactly. You're the, the, the Uber. <laughs> you're the Zune of iPods. <laughs> hey, dude. John, don't John's very sensitive about his Zoom. <laughs> I mean, he did get that Zoom tattoo on his thigh. <laughs> That's true. Or wait, no, it's true. his lower back. 
No, that was a Dune tattoo. Oh. He's a big Dune fan. Who is it? <laughs> so my my thought is that that I would like to see if if Bitcoin did take a dip. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a dip. It would be a dive if it were to go like lower than 30, right? There would be something very wrong. And I agree with you 100% to dump a bunch of money in it. But I don't know that I 100% believe or like 50% believe that you would see something like that with it, go, you know, bleeding off 50%. I mean, it's it's been pretty consistent for a month and I would imagine you might see some, some sort of volatility with it being unable to hold for The only time you can count on it to not lose value is when people are using it as currency until people actually trust it enough to be stable and like buy pizza with it. Like it's going to be all over the place. It'll be up. John, John, what was it that you shared with us? that someone's using it um, as like I mean, form of currency. You can yeah, buy a Tesla. A lot of companies. Yeah. You know, obviously you buy Tesla with it, but I mean, uh, there are uh, online retailers that are accepting Bitcoin. I mean, no, so it is. My own, my only paper hands accepts it. Yeah. That's the only thing we accept. <laughs> um, no, John, you were mentioning that there was a bank that was starting to like, I don't know. Use it primarily or secondary. No, no. Uh, or... I think it was Merrill Lynch or or okay, it was, yeah, it uh, was one of them that was going to offer an ETF. Sachs. It might have been, been Goldman Sachs. Using it, they're not using Bitcoin. They're using blockchain. Yeah. Well, well no, no, no. Kernick, I think for for stuff like this, for Game Stonk and for uh, blockchain based thingies. Like you mm-hmm. can't, you can't ask the old man of the market because this is unprecedented territory. Yeah. You can't ask John because it doesn't fit in his low yield checking account. <laughs> it's high. Hey, I'm checking sorry. Account. Uh, <laughs> you want to compare portfolios, fucker? <laughs> let's go. You want to see my 401k? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see it. You want to see my 401k? You want to see my my fucking high yield checking account? Like the whole point I thought of this podcast is just to kind of show who's better at investing <laughs> it, it is but we gotta talk shit for a little bit well yeah so let's talk shit Let, let's fucking pump some numbers up well, all right I'm, I'm pumping up those numbers oh hey you guys saw my uh my thrift savings uh plan from nasa uh went up 50 percent last year <laughs> how many rsus do you actually own <laughs> what are rsus to roll that thing over and put it in your schwab account yeah, I was going to ask you off air how to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah you just go to Schwab oh, and say, hey, take this. You just call Schwab on the telephone, but you have a no, Schwab. You don't have to do that. You can do it all online. Yeah. Well, Chris, if you're gaining 50% a year in 10 well, years, you'll have a million no, dollars no matter what. <laughs> I, I just like, I was too afraid to put any actual money in the market, but like right when it dipped last February, I was like, well, I don't know what this money's doing, so I just transferred it to like the highest risk portfolio and it doubled. <laughs> well, there you go. That was that was smart. But yeah. if you don't want to um, use the internet to, to do your Schwab transfer, you can use um, I think either Telegraph or the Pony Express. Right, John? 
hey. know they're slower. I know they're slower. Props to you to uh, not throwing some racist joke in there. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> We're getting somewhere. Yeah, always gets there. Yep. <laughs> so it's easy if you call them on the phone, they'll walk you through it. It's yeah. two steps. You go online and say transfer account. You get the account numbers. It's done. John, I'll have you know that another my... brother. Oh, I don't have a 401k in my Schwab. The, the, the 401ks don't exist outside of uh, being part of a company. They transfer, you, you into a, they transfer into an IRA. Into yeah. A, yeah. You should get a 402k. Oh, it's yeah. a real, no, it's a 401k point 2.0. Way to just drive that joke in the ground. I believe that was the latest uh, Zoom operating system as well. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, John, my portfolio gained uh, $500 this week. How, how's yours doing? Uh, which one are we talking about? Because uh, Magic Formula? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost at uh, my yeah. entry. <laughs> I'm at negative point, point three 0.37%. Oh, shit. Son. But hey, it's only been a month, and uh, it's not Dude. too bad. Dude, in another month, you'll definitely be even. <laughs> but what this week? John, I, how much of your portfolio is in Magic Formula, and how much is not? Uh, I currently, I what I threw in about about four thousand bucks into my Magic Formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm eventually going to get up to ten thousand in it. I'm buying uh, stocks every quarter. And riding it out and then selling them after a year. But my actual portfolio, I got about 690 bucks in the last week. All right. So you, and I have a, yeah. I have about 11,800 bucks in there. Well, um, while you're busy doing that, I was buying Tesla. And um, <clears throat> funny story is the way you buy stocks on TD it's automatically set to a hundred. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and it'll, automatically, it'll automatically reverse mortgage your, your home to uh, be able to pay for the stock transaction. Well, yeah. I, I gotta admit, I was kind of a bit worried because I, I, I do have a margin account and I was like, Oh, Ooh. I hope this doesn't go through. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and if it does, I hope it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> it was linked to his dad's account, so the whole trade went through. And now his dad owns a million dollars worth of whether he wanted the to good, or not. The good news is I've only lost 20%. <laughs> Hang in there, son. It's, oh, it's yeah. all about time. So uh, quickly, um, John, you shared with us a, a podcast called... Um, my high yield checking account and how it can help you. Yes. Um, Mike, it was my y- low yield checking. Account. Low yield. Sorry. And my how low security y- trumps actual return on investment. <laughs> 100% no, but it was, what was it called, John? Investor track? Wealth track. Wealth track. It, so, someone was on a track. That's all I know. Yep. So, <laughs> um, but it was interesting. I, I never heard of the podcast before, probably because it's on like some sort of college radio station. 
in yep. like New Mexico. I mean, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> I didn't, um, I didn't disagree a lot with what the guy was saying, but on the um, other hand, I was like, there seems to be this like uh, antipathy toward like the younger investor who's like, fuck it, I'm going to put all my money in Tesla. And, and, you know, John Paul comes rolling around and, you know, he's like, well, you see. (laughs) I mean, no, I I definitely disagree that they kept saying like the boomers are right. Like, no, you're fucking stupid. I, well, I, I didn't I, agree with that, but I do agree I, with the idea of it. I, I think that the, I, you know, I think that the, the thing is that the, the boomer investment strategy is like, okay, we, we're going to take 2% risk and we're going to put it all on things that are going to grow and we're going to be rich in 300 years. It's great. Well, I, like, it's I, not I, 300 I mean, years. Well, no, also I'm destroying just, the planet. <laughs> but like my whole my whole point is that um i think that there's room for both like i don't oh, yeah. like if you don't want to day trade then don't day trade but you, like there's a lot of people who swing trade like your momentum trading they think what you're doing is crazy They're like oh my god momentum trading man i can't do that i mean I, mean, I, I do need to reclassify what i believe the magic formula is it's not momentum it's just hey at this particular point in time this very valuable company is incredibly cheap. That is the well, complete basic of magic formula. I'm just throwing in momentum on top of it. Well, you're taking uh, mid cap, small cap companies, right? Yeah. And and you're you're put throwing in money into them based on number of different metrics, which I think are interesting. Um, and then your whole idea is that I'm going. I'm not going to hold them for, well, maybe I'm not going to hold them for more than a year. Right. I mean, you'll probably decide at some point whether you are, or you aren't, but like the idea is that like, I'm going to buy a company $30 a share. And then hopefully in a year it will be worth like 60, hundred or whatever. And when it's no longer that small company and maybe there's some consolidation, you're not getting the growth. Right. So um, I think that they might say, well, no, you should put your money into like, you know, uh, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and let, let them grow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, what whatever old timey well, investors put I, their I money into uh, uh, energy, oil. They're, they're, tracks. Uh, they're a plant based alternative to vaping, so that's actually not a bad mm. investment strategy. Hey, Dad, oh. quick question: Why do you ever buy small cap stocks? Uh, I, uh, over. Uh, you know, my period of time of, of dabbling, I've never had much luck with them because um, they run in a, a cycle that is much, much longer term than is mid caps and the large caps. So what happens is that a fund company will come out and say, our small cap uh, company outperformed the S&P 500. And then you look at the time frame. oh, it was 20 years. And it was only outperformed it because twice during that 20 years it outperformed the S&P 500, but it did it by a gigantic amount. But your timing had to be spot on to make money small caps. Um, you spend more time waiting for something to happen. And then if it does happen, it's really big, but the time commitment is too long. And um, so, you know, especially individual small caps is very, very difficult to do. Now, one of the things I do to try and simplify the whole thing is to 
uh, formula is to buy something that can't go out of business when it's having a really bad hair day. Now, what I'm looking forward to, or was looking forward to, was Congress enacting um, uh, new legislation against Facebook and threatening to break them into pieces. Yes. And Google, and the same thing with anybody that's too too goddamn big. They should, fuck those guys. Yes, don't do that. Here's what'll happen is the stock will lose 20 or 30% of its value. And then they'll break it up and it'll have like four pieces instead of one. And then over the next three to five years, those four pieces will make twice as much money as Facebook would have made on their own. Mm-hmm. When they broke up AT&T in 1984, <clears throat> the stock plummeted. <laughs> 10 years later, it had had like a thousand percent return. It was a tenfold. Sounds like something I'd invest in. I, I just wanted I just want to take this second to uh, talk to our listeners and um, watchers here. Uh, thanks, we Mom. Are, we are <laughs> thanks, Dad. We we are uh, sponsored by Amazon, Google, Microsoft, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> and yeah. uh, we know Mark Zuckerkorn. <laughs> Uh, we want to ask all. We want to watch watch uh, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg, and we want to ask uh, the people who are the CEO of Google, whoever that is now. Um, we want to ask them to like, 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 and subscribe. Uh, smash that subscribe button. Hit the like bell. Your mom. <laughs> Punch the bell. We're here for the long term. Sorry, Bob, as you were saying, I just want to, I got to talk to the listeners every now and then. Yeah, no, it's, it's a contractual <laughs> obligation. Thanks for remembering that, Mike. Yeah. yeah. So if an industry has a problem and it plummets, you know, 10, 15, 20%, uh, you go on to buy it. Now, one, uh, there is a way that uh, old fashioned way people used to make money when mutual fund families only had like 20 stocks. 20 choices what they used to do is every year on january 4 on january 1st you would buy um three of the worst performing mutual funds in that group so if the if the if the best funds in that group were up 20 percent, the worst ones were up one percent you would buy the one percent for the next year say so you'd add money to the worst ones and um, that tends to average out over time. It's a funny kind of dollar cost averaging that seems counterintuitive. Say, so let's say we're gonna buy the ETF indexes uh, for all of the sectors. So let's say there's eight sectors, okay? And the S&P 500 has ETFs for all those sectors, discretionary income, you know, technology, healthcare, yada, yada, yada. Every year on January 1st, you buy the worst performing one in the previous 12 months. And you put some of that in your portfolio. And every year you, you just buy the worst one. Mm-hmm. Because the, the statistics will show you that the one that did the worst last year tends to make some recovery the following year or two. And that recovery tends to beat the indexes. The S&P is, that, is that the same as the Dow, dogs of the Dow? 
It's very similar to the dogs of the Dow, but the dogs Kongs of the Dow, of the Dow. Are industrial mm. stocks. So the Dow is industrial stocks. Say it's not as diverse as the SP 500. Mm. So um, the dogs of the Dow is that theory that you take the worst of the Dow stocks, 20, and you buy that one on January 1st every year. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, you know, see how it does. The dogs of the Dow has beaten the Dow 80% of the time. Wow. 100% so, of the time. But Wait. a better formulation of that is to take the sectors, they're called the spiders, the sectors, and every year mm -hmm. buy the that did the worst, but not all your money, just a, a little chunk of it, you know? Like 10%, like $200,000. Right, 10%. Who doesn't have that? 20 bucks, 20 bucks. <laughs> 10%. Um, okay, cool. So, John, I, I want us to, like, compare percentages. I don't know if it works for us to compare entire portfolios because, like, I don't have children, so mine is probably just inherently larger. Well, percentages are, are the even maker. Like, like no matter what you're earning, like your percentage is going to go up. It doesn't matter what the actual money is because, Mike, Mr. Day Trader, I made 500 bucks. What does that mean? How much did you actually invest? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't invest anything. <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> I, I just, it's money know, weighted. Take, it's just money that I have sent around. Yeah. my low yield checking account and i figured <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was so making too much money so there worth the risk yeah because the majority <laughs> of stuff that i buy on my main account is fractional shares and so i'm not even buying full shares so i'm not just throwing, throwing as much money as i can at the time and whatever goes up at the time that's the percentage i'm getting mm -hmm. that's good but, but like that's what i'm thinking as far as like turning this into a fantasy football type uh, vibe we yeah. just like each week we compete on percentage gain or percentage lost all right you know what i mean it, yeah like like in in relation to your portfolio like you gained 500 but your portfolio is only worth i mean a thousand in your low yield my the, the the sheets that i built out i i'm i'm basically doing it weekly so every week this is my money gain this is my percentage gain this is everything that i've, I've been doing so What's your percentage I, for the week john i actually didn't do percentage i lied what <laughs> i lied about that i i'm only doing uh, actual monetary but i i can add a chart for a percentage gain calculator figure it out you went from how many no. dollars dollars yeah fine uh, john john how how can you set that up in your in your sheet and i'll copy yeah. it over to mine um yeah. John, I mean, so here's here's the thing: the five percent. I gained five percent. Okay. Here's a practical. You know what you did, huh? You know, if yours is up five percent or oh, up mine's up a thousand percent plus uh, fifty percent. <laughs> Just the last week. Yeah. Well, I finally uh, was able to log into both my oh okay uh, Scott Trade and my four hundred one k. You're dog. letting Scotty trade your money? I know, dude. He's like a savant. <laughs> Better say your fucking flail alerts. That was found money. Yeah. <laughs> like the 20 bucks you find in your pocket that turns into like 4,000. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, oh, I did sell half of my game stunk. So <gasps> I'm down to 12. Boo, boo this man. <laughs> my, Mike says that after selling his entire portfolio of GameStop hey, nine I still, times. <laughs> I, I've, I've sold it to be... <sighs> Honestly, I bought and sold it at least four times and I still own it. So, <laughs> and I've lost money on it every time. Nice. Yeah. Mike. What's that? You were consistent. And very, uh, yep. yeah, exactly. Well, any final thoughts? Uh, well, John, once we get this, uh, once you get that spreadsheet updated, I'll update mine and then um, I'll put a copy of this spreadsheet that anyone can download so they can compete with us if they want. Yeah. All right. All you're going to do is comment on the video with what your gains are on this week and we'll send you out a free gift card to your local Zune dealership. Steak and shake. Guys <laughs> <laughs> and I will meet you there late at night. <laughs> <laughs> like Mercury Cougar. With the final thought for the what's week. Up? What's up, Dad? Your game stock. <laughs> you what? Sell the rest of your GME. No. We gotta hold <laughs> that, shit's that shit's blasting off, man. It's going to go to half a million dollars a share. <laughs> half a million dollars a share. <laughs> Tommy just sold a half a million game stock. <laughs> and on that note, I, I, I still think GameStop's going to do something got, weird. But. Got a ratio of negative forty-seven. <laughs> what? Well, like what's your? Uh, wait, Chris, are you calculate? Do you calculate how much skin? Like you probably broke. You're almost about broken even, right? Oh no, I've made money because I, I bought sixteen okay. of them at forty. Not only is the P.E. ratio negative at 47 negative, but the forward P.E. is a negative 360. <laughs> is Chris, this thing going to lose 10 times? Dad, whatever you, you, keep, you keep blabbing your mouth and I'm just going to buy more and then some Tesla. Hey, John Paul, you might want to have him hold on to it so he can buy you a nice spot in a home. <laughs> You can play your Xbox 360. <laughs> We're going to buy you a spot in that home we saw in 60 minutes. Dad. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll see y'all next week. All right. All right. To see the complete show notes, specific links to everything mentioned, and videos of the 10 best moments from the episode, please go to anxiousfilmmaker.com. Now let's go make some great money and then some even greater movies. Yeah.